We really want to say thank you all for supporting the vision. Thank you all for praying for us. Thank you all for giving of your time, your skill, your finances. There's no way we could buy all these churches if you didn't do your part. However small you may think your part is, it matters to us. I made up my mind years ago that I'll do my best to really be a servant of God and truly do that which is right. And I think every year that goes by, when I see how much you support the vision of the church, it brings a lot of fear in my heart. It's not a fear that I'm afraid of anyone, but a fear of responsibility. Oftentimes I talk to God about it and I say, God, if I was to disappoint these people, I don't know what I'd say when I stand before you. Because these people are voting with their feet. They are voting with their skill. They are voting with their resources. They are voting with their very lives. Here we have people who have said yes to the call of God to lead these churches for us. And so, Bazalana, I really ask you to really keep us in your prayers. We'd love to see, as Bishop Freddie was saying, 100 churches per year, my dear friend, and we can accelerate that even. So that in 10 years' time, then I'll be 66 years old. In 10 years' time. Just three years before my 70th birthday, by the grace of God. And the 1,000 churches will be done. When 1,000 churches are planted, I'll be a happy man. I won't want to leave yet. There's still a lot of work to do on earth. I ask God to give me until a certain age. I won't tell you yet what age is that. But we want to see a thousand churches be planted. We want to see lots of young pastors come in and lead these churches. We'll be introducing you to our pastors of this church later on. But I want to share a brief message to encourage you. Look at your neighbor and say, you better look encouraged, neighbor. And the title of my message is a, it's a long one, but the message is a short one. It's entitled, Don't Be Afraid to Dream Again. Persist. That's the last part. Don't be afraid to dream again. Persist. Tell your neighbor, don't be afraid to dream again. Persist. Look at the devil and say, persist. Look at the devil and say, condolela. What do you say in Africans? Persist. Hold on. Fall on. Yeah, look at your neighbor and say, fall on. Condelela. Persist. Ezekiel 37 verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the valley of dry bones. Somebody say the valley of dry bones. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it was a valley of dry bones. Tell your other neighbor, it was a valley of dry bones. Verse 2, he caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the valley. And lo, they were very dry. Somebody say, very many. Very dry. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered and I said, oh Lord, you are the only one who knows. Again he said unto me, prophesy to these bones. Tell your neighbor, prophesy to the bones. <laughs> and say unto them, all you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That says the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and I'll bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. 
and you shall know that I am the Lord. Can I hear an amen in the room? We'll also read Ephesians chapter 6. I won't read it now, but that's going to be our main text. I want to mix the old and the new. I believe this story in Ezekiel 37 captures what is the core of what I want to call failed projects. Is the core of broken dreams. Called a core of dreams that turned into nightmares. It talks to people who are discouraged, those who want to give up. As much as this story happened thousands of years ago to a particular people in a particular era, I believe that in this story, fully addressed is this topic we're talking about, afraid to dream again. Note when God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel and asked him a simple question, can these bones dream, live again? He was not willing to answer the question. For some reason, he seemed to be doubtful. He seemed to be afraid. He seemed to be non-committal, but God was pushing him. But let's not blame this guy because the Bible, first of all, tells us these bones were in a valley. Valleys oftentimes can symbolize a number of things. Valleys can symbolize a place of test and trials. It could be that maybe it is in this valley where many battles had been fought. Where the kings went to war and the princes captured people. So it could be that this place signifies a lot of people who were killed in the midst of them trying to fulfill their dream and their vision. So let's not blame the guy. But at the same time, we also know that one of the symbols of a valley is that a valley can also symbolize a place of fertility and productivity. In short, a valley speaks to us of possibility. And God was not looking really at the battles and the death that happened in the valley. But God was saying, even after the battle, even after the death, even after the discouragement, there is still possibility that hangs in the air. And this is why when you go through the valleys, you shouldn't get discouraged. You shouldn't stop what you're doing. David says in Psalms 23 verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Note, he says, yea, though I walk. In short, when you come into the valley, keep walking. Tell your neighbor, keep walking. You don't stop and look around and look at the dead bones. But you keep walking. However, our text says, this valley was full of bones. You see, bones are simply the leftover of death. This is a place that was full of the leftovers of death. And the Bible tells us that these, these bones were many. In other words, there are many deaths that took place. Note, it doesn't matter how many times your dream has died. God asks you a question, can these bones live again? Doesn't matter how many failed projects you've had. God asks you the question, can these bones live again? Your vision may be like many bones. It may have died a thousand times. It may die even one more time. But God doesn't want you to get your eyes on the death of the dream. He's asking you a question. Can these bones live again? But note, not only are these bones in a valley, not only are these bones many, the Bible says these bones are very dry. This means there's absolutely no hope. These bones have reached a stage where there's not even any sinews on them, no skin on them. 
Nothing. They are just dry bones. So even if your dream has been long parked, you may have walked away from it 10 years ago, 20 years ago. God still asks you a question. Can these bones live again? Even if you may have gone through a time where you thought God will never do it again through you. You've come to a point where you want to pack your life and go on pause. God is telling you today and God is troubling your heart today. And God is saying, can these bones live again? Not only were these bones many, not only were they in a valley, not only were they very dry, but the Bible says these bones were scattered. There was no order. When you get to that time in your life where there's no order, things are out of kilt, nothing is happening, you have nothing to live for. Nothing to look forward to. In spite of this, God still asks the question, can these bones live again? Why is God asking that? Because God can pull something new out of dead things. That's why he's asking. Why is God asking that? God is asking that because dead visions, failed projects, dreams that can become a nightmare, God can bring them back to life again. See, when you are in the valley, just like David, don't allow fear to grip you. When you are in the valley, many people give up in the valley and they don't know how to persist. God has the ability to bring order in our lives. God has the ability to look at the disorganized lives and bring back order in our lives. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6 then shows us that as we live in our world, we are wrestling not with flesh and blood, but we are fighting principalities and powers. Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear an amen in the house? But then the Bible says something that's very interesting when you read in verse 13. It says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. The Bible is giving us a picture of you and I being attacked by the enemy. And the Bible says when we are attacked by the enemy, we should take on the full armor of God. And the purpose is that we should be able to stand. Tell your neighbor, you need to stand, neighbor. Tell your other neighbor, you need to stand, neighbor. The 20th century translation says, and having fought to the end, you must remain victors on the field. The Knox translation says, and be found still on your feet when all the task is over. See, God wants us to fight until the end and never allow the valley of dry bones to take away our vision. God wants us to persist. Can I hear an amen, Bazalana? I said, God wants us to persist. Can I hear an amen, Bazalana? In 1 Corinthians 9, 24, when Paul talks about our lives, he says, when you look at our lives, we are like athletes who are on a racetrack running. He says, when you run, in verse 24, he says, run that you may obtain. In the Amplified Bible, it reads, do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but, for, but only one receives the prize? Then it says, so run your race that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Somebody say, I'm laying hold. I'm, laying hold. I'm making it mine. I'm making Tell your neighbor, I'm laying hold. I'm, laying hold. I'm, making it mine. I'm making it mine. The message Bible says, you've all been to the stadium and you have seen the athletes race. 
Everything, everyone runs, but only one who, who wins the prize who runs. So in other words, you need to be determined that you are going to persist in your life. You are not going to allow your value of dry bones to stop you. If you are here today and you attended something in the past and it never worked, welcome to the club. We are, you are just like the rest of us. And what you need instead of giving up is to persist. What does it mean to persist? The word persistent means a conviction. It means enthusiasm, perseverance, and courage in the face of obstruction. In other words, we understand that we will be obstructed. We understand that whatever vision we have, the devil will try to come against it. But I am going to persevere. Let's say it again. Persistent means conviction, enthusiasm, perseverance, courage in the face of obstruction. In other words, you are saying to the devil, bring it on. Uh, I don't have people here in that. You are saying to the devil, bring it on. I'm going to persist. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6, above all, take the shield of faith. So in other words, above all, it means never stopping. It means never giving up, never giving in. You see, the power of perseverance is characteristic of all men and women who have achieved greatness. It's not so much brilliancy or intellect or talent or resources that predetermine somebody's success. There are many people who may not have been as brilliant, nor as intelligent, not even talented, but who are able to achieve a lot of things. And that's because they persisted. Look at your neighbor and say, Ho an. Kondelela. Persevere. We need to be persistent and show that effort and consistent in our purpose. This is what draws greatness to us as individuals. Those who succeed in life are men and women who keep their shoulders to the wheel. It's men and women who don't believe themselves overly talented, but who realize that if they are ever going to accomplish anything of value, they must do so by a determined, persistent effort. Ah, somebody shout hallelujah. This is why when the Bible tells us about the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, one of those fruit of the spirit is long suffering. Well, long suffering not only means suffering long, but long suffering means patience. Without patience, you will not be able to go anywhere. Why must we persist? Let me give you these points quickly. Number one. Without persistence or patience, you will always have unfinished projects. James 1 says, let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That's James 1.4. He says, when you are tested, when you are tried, have patience and allow patience to have a perfect work. In other words, allow patience to be part and parcel of your attitude. When you get into any projects, just tell the devil, I'm going to stay with this project until I win. So without patience or persistence, you'll have a lot of unfinished projects. Number two, without patience or persistence, your faith will not work. 
James 1.3 says, the trying of your faith produces patience. Think about this. Your faith is like a bridge that gets you from here to there. It's a bridge that helps you cross the troubled waters of life. It's a bridge that causes you to move into the supernatural things of God. But this bridge needs to be supported with a pillar. So that as you walk on it, it's not unstable and it doesn't break. And that pillar is called patience. Let patience keep your faith steady. Many people believe God, but they stop believing God when it takes too long. They stop believing God when it seems like it is not coming about. But the devil doesn't know what to do with somebody who's going to say, devil, I'm here. I'm going to stay here until I see the fulfillment of my dream before God. So without persistence or patience, you will be weak and unstable. Number three, without persistence, you'll give up when the answer is around the corner. You know, sometimes I think about it. Imagine people running the Comrades Marathon. It's 100 kilometers, isn't it? 89 kilometers. Some of you, you ran for 84 kilometers or 88 kilometers. And when you had one kilometer to go, you started experiencing cramps and blisters and you decided to give up. Look at your neighbor and say, the way you are quiet, it sounds like he's talking about you. <laughs> I won't open it, but you know, I use this story all the time. Think about this guy in Luke chapter 5, whom the Bible says was a paralytic from his mother's womb. Watch. He heard that Jesus was preaching in another place. And he knew that Jesus heals the sick. Just like when you heard it preached in church. Just like the preacher said. So he goes about to do what he heard in church. And for a while, it's working. Because most of the things that we hear from the Bible, when you start practicing it, for a while, it's working. Your vision is working. But most people don't know that a vision starts, but somewhere. And so this man, when he finally gets to where Jesus is, there's a problem. There's a problem. The house is full, like the church is full now. And there are people outside, like the people who are sitting outside right now. And it's so full. But he wants to get in the middle of the house where Jesus is. Now note, this man had a choice. He could either say, if God wanted me to be healed, someone will give me a space inside the, the building. Like some of you are saying. Or this man had a choice to say, well, let's go back home. There's no room. But the thing is, my brother, my sister, you've been on this road for so long. Think about all the prayers you have prayed. Think about all the verses that you have read. Think about all the nights that you have stayed in the presence of God. You have come too far to turn around now. Tell your neighbor you have come too far to turn around now. It's too late. You can't turn around. And so this man, I love him. Because it, 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 it looks like he, he had people who were helping him who were of a kindred spirit. 
It looked like the people who were accompanying him had the same kind of attitude that he had. So he says to the guys, guys, we can't go back. Let's try the windows. So they go to the windows and they find the windows are blocked. They said, all right, the door is blocked. The windows is blocked. What are we going to do? He says, let's go on the roof. Oh, I love what the Bible says. It says, they sought means by which to bring him in. They sought means. Somebody say it. They Say it again. Say it one more time. See, many people, when they reach this point, they stop and they say, but if, if God wanted me to get this, why doesn't he make a way? But God wants you to seek means. I said, God wants you to seek means. You say, I'm unemployed. God says, seek means. You say, they have shortlisted me. They are not phoning. God says, seek means. Somebody say, seek means. And the Bible says, finally they came in through the roof. And I love the way it reads. It says, and when Jesus saw their faith. Your faith can be seen through your action. Yeah. In other words, faith doesn't take no for an answer. Faith doesn't go home when the house is full. Uh, Faith always makes a plan. Faith always seeks means. Faith has patience in it. Can I hear an amen? Faith doesn't accept no for an answer. Faith goes on. Hallelujah. Let's close, Masalana. This is important. Nothing in the world can replace persistence. Not talent, not genius, not education. Much as those things are necessary. But you see, our world is full of people who have talents, but they're going nowhere. It's actually persistence and determination alone that brings results. And the only way to succeed in the valley of dry bones is to be willing to risk failure. Show me a successful person and I'll show you somebody who's a risk taker. When God asks them, can these bones live again? He says, yeah God, these bones can live again. When God whispers in their hearts about their failed project, When God starts moving them in their spirit about a dream they had, a dream that they have abandoned, when God speaks to them, they don't say no. They take a risk. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Show me a successful person and I'll, I'll show you somebody who has tried and failed, but they had the courage to get up again. They had the courage to dust themselves and to go forward. Thank God that God doesn't look for perfect people. Can I hear an amen, brother? Thank God that God doesn't look for people who are perfect. Let me give you a few questions that I'm going to ask you to ask yourself during the week. And check yourself if you are this kind of person who has determination. Number one, here's the first question. And as you ask this self-inspection question, to measure yourself on the persistent scale from a scale of 1 to 10. All right. Here are the questions. Are you ready to write them down? Are you ready to write them down? Question number one. Reflecting on my life, can I cite specific cases where I've achieved something, something of note, simply because I persevered? When you look at your life, is there something that you achieved just out of perseverance? It wasn't smarts. It wasn't intelligence. 
It was just pure, outright, old-fashioned persistence. Question number two. Do I persist in my occupation or line of work? Or am I a person who gives up? Three. Do I persist in the area of personal development? Some of you silently enroll. <laughs> Number four. Do I confront my valleys of dry bones, my obstacle, or do I shrink from them? God wants us, when he asks us that question, can these bones live again? God wants us to say, with you helping us, we know these bones can live again. So I want to ask you as I close, whatever it is in your life that has stalled, that has failed, that you have given up on, persist. I wonder if this day would have come if we didn't persist through the troubled days of 1983, 84, 85, when we first started a church in a classroom with 35 people. When I became pastor, there was no financial support we received. When I became pastor, all people who had any semblance about what church looks like, they left with immediate effect. Somebody say with immediate effect. Immediate. You know, when people say we're living with immediate effect, it's very difficult. And I remember many days I, I felt so bad. But after a while I realized trouble, challenge, and difficulty is part and parcel of the journey of a visionary. So you know what I did? After a year or so, I just made up my mind, this is how my life is going to be like. My life is going to be punctuated by problems and difficulties. So I'm already deciding in advance that I'm not going to give up. You see, some of you, you think when God is working in your life, you shouldn't have any problems. Somebody lied to you and told you that when God is at work, there's not going to be problems. But sometimes the reason problems come is exactly because you're trying to follow God. When you read about Jesus in the book of Matthew, it says, and Jesus went to the wilderness, led by the spirit to be tempted of the devil. You know when you read that, you say, hi, boo. How does the Holy Spirit lead him to the wilderness, to fasting, to be tempted of the devil? Because God knows what you're made of. God knows that you're not going to fail. Oh, some of you are not saying amen in this place. God knows what you're made of. So these bones will live again. If you decide to persist in your life. Join hands with your neighbor as we pray. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for my brother, my sister. Begin to pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Pray for the blessing of God upon their lives. Thank you, Jesus. Mandorebe Sekalababa. 
Randa mamonde beria sokolo da barabarutas. Ramano mania sokolo da brasitaraba. Ay ebebese prefeta brademus. Rabala baria to brasokolo de berba. Mama mamando brasokolo de berba. Yemen Ambroso Koro Debra Balabara Bremen Nomba Barabara Setalamano Kerebolo Separabara Mama 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 Lele Bevelebete Babalabado Rebelebeco Kabalabara Sekelebedo Rebelebeco Pacalareas Rabalabache Bressa de Brefen Mando Lebedoros Oh Rebedebrus Fill my brother and my sister with power and anointing. Me sekababo, randa rabakita rabaria, Thank you, Lord, that the valley of their dry bones will live again. Thank you that they will rise again by the power of the living God. Mama monde rebese kalababa Shana Maria ndo rebese kresko Keep on praying keep on praying Ay baba brevele barieta And Father, I pray, bless my brother, bless my sister, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise, amen.